going to be concluding our Church Is series today. So this will be the, the end of our Church Is saga. So we're excited to, uh, to conclude. But uh, we're excited to, to be the church that much more. Uh, we have a new platform, a new opportunity, a new stage, if you will, of life to reach this community for the Lord. So we're excited about that. We understood from the beginning of this series that, that God had this idea you know, and his son would come to make a way so that we can build this thing called the church. It was his idea that he wanted to build. He wanted to build it through us, though. He wanted to use us. We see one of those guys named Peter, who is one of the greatest examples of someone who gets excited and does stupid things. Anybody with me on that? Okay, you get excited and you do stupid things. You are the ones we see on YouTube, okay? But uh, he was excited. God was excited to build this thing. Jesus was excited to build this thing called the church, and he's excited to build it through us. It's based upon this confession of faith upon who Jesus is and what he came to do. We also understood within this series that we're supposed to carry confession and conviction within our lives, the confession of who Jesus is, what he did, but conviction about reaching others for him. So important for us to reach this world for Christ. And for us as a church, we make it simple. Our manifesto, our desire in this world is to love God, love people, and create community. So important for us to create community. And we believe that's our commission, not omission in life, is to create community, that we are supposed to go and make disciples of all men and women and children and everybody in this world. So important for us to do that because that's what the church is here to do. That's why we exist, is to make disciples. So important. So today, we're at the end of this series, and it's talking about moving forward. You know, that's very hard to do, isn't it? Is it sometimes really hard to move forward? I'm like a real nostalgic historian kind of guy in life. Anybody else like that? Man, if I sit still too long, I start thinking about the past. Anybody with me on that? Just yesterday, we were sitting still for just a moment, which wasn't long. Um, and we were, we were eating at the old Eaton Park. Anybody ever been to the old Eaton Park? Okay, but we were sitting there. Everybody's like, I don't go there anymore. Okay, it's I hop or no hop. All right, but we were at the Eaton Park and we were just reminiscing, sitting with my mom, just talking about the past, you know, talking about life. And even one time when my dad saved my life as I was seizing at the age of 12, like convulsing, and he saved my life, you know, talking about that. And I forgot even that, that I almost died. Did you ever forget things like that before? Some of you guys, seriously, some of you are like, I'd never heard that story before, right? But yeah, I was almost a goner a couple times, but that was one specific time. But moving forward, sometimes we, we often look back because it's hard, isn't it? I get, I get it. I get it. Moving forward is so hard because not only are you looking back, but you're taking all those things with you that you accumulated over time, memories, experiences, fears, failures, everything in between. But I know that God has the desire for us, and it's in his heart, for us to move forward as a church. And as hard as it may be, we have to do it. God had in his heart and the desire for First Baptist, our First Baptist family, to move forward as well. And it is hard, isn't it? First year of college, that's hard. First year of marriage, that's hard. First year of life, whatever it is, whatever job you do, it's hard. Not the first year of life. All you do is you think, mama, mama. Man, that was so easy. Zachary, oh gosh, bless you, my son. I am his godfather, by the way. (laughs) 
But moving forward is so essential and so important for us. And I feel like, and I know, that in that first century church in the book of Acts, that, that we were given an example of what it was to look like as the church moved forward. We talked about unity and things like that and how important that is as a church. In the book of Acts, there's this portion of scripture that I love to read, but again, it's one of those ones sometimes you've read before and it just either flies over or you glaze over and you forget about what is being said in this portion of scripture. But let me read it to you and then we're gonna break it down a little bit today about how we effectively move forward. And that's so hard, I get it, I get it, trust me. There's many things inside of me. I had to stand up here and be like, guys, it's going to be amazing. The future's bright. I'm like, oh my gosh, how are we going to make it? It's not easy, but we got to do it together, okay? And this is what we see here. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, remember that term that comes up in the book of Acts, believers, this new crop of people that actually believed what Jesus did was legit and what he came to do was legit and it was real and it was for them. The believers were together and had everything in common. This gets crazy. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, oh wow, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor, right? Enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How many times have you read that in your life? How many times has it penetrated your heart and mind in such a way that you're like, what am I doing right now? I I, I know that I'm not giving God my best. I know that I I, I fall short of these these ideals that, that were put into scripture so that I could try to model that in my current day life. Moving forward is not easy, but it's essential because people need to be saved. Let that hit you. It's going to hit you more later when we define it even more. Come down here a Friday night, Saturday night. Just, just walk down High Street. Come down here during the day. People need to be saved. Walk down the halls the, the, of your, your schools, okay? Go to the classrooms of your, your, your college. Go to the, the rooms of your home. Go to your workplace and walk through. People need to be saved. A lot of times we just, or glaze over. That's why we're here. So how do we move forward effectively? I'm gonna break this down for you a little bit, okay? Are you ready for it? We move forward Number one, with steadfast strength. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. When we talk about this devotion here, guys, we're talking about a steadfast, a steadfast and prevailing strength. A strength that is fixed on a target. That the devotion is to be fixed upon a target. And a place that you want to be at. 
We want to see lives changed for Christ. We want to see people saved. But it starts in this very beginning place of devotion to the Lord. What were they devoted to when they were together? The apostles' teaching. Jesus Christ. They're teaching about Jesus Christ. His life, death, and resurrection. And they're teaching about the influence of the Holy Spirit upon their lives like we talked about last week. How we can move is being moved by his spirit. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching because these apostles, that means those who were sent, not just disciples, right? They they were messengers now, not just people that came up under Jesus, but people that were sent out to declare Jesus to their community. They came up under this teaching with a steadfast strength, not forsaking fellowship. And it's funny when we define these terms When you look at them in the original language, this fellowship is partnership. Isn't that something that we'd love to talk about here as a church to become a partner with us? Not a member. Now, when you come to a place like this, we could basically have a space for everybody here. It's like, well, what do you want? Well, we are putting a pool in on the third floor. We're so excited for it. Membership's going to go up a lot. $15 a month for dues. Not too bad. Judgment-free zone. Come on in. We'll get the pizza at the end. We're turning the whole basement, actually, the whole fellowship hall into a pool. That's going to be great, isn't it? Richard, can you help me with that? I'm sure you have plans already. He's like, yes, 432 Spa is what we're going to call it. 432 High Street. The joke came full circle. Partnership, participation, communion, not like remembering him, what he did with the bread and the wine. No, no, no. Communion, doing life together. This is how this steadfast strength comes. Spiritual connectedness, the breaking of bread, just eating together. How often do we complicate such things of just spending time together, opening our homes to one another, and with prayer, exchange of wishes, being led by the Spirit. When you pray, you hear God's wishes for your life, and also you're able to give your wishes for your life to him, and then he gives it back. You see, it's communication, back and forth, a spiritual connectedness. That's how we will have steadfast strength as we move forward. But secondly, we're going to move forward in miraculous power. I believe that. I believe that we're going to move forward in miraculous power. Acts 2.43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs. Wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This term filled by awe I think is very important. Because if you define it, you see that it's fear, terror. You're like, hold on, man. That's not exciting. I don't like to be afraid. Anybody like to be afraid? Some people do, though. Some people like to put themselves in situations like going a ghost hunt. The heck with that. That's more like demon hunter. Don't be messing with that junk. Ooh. I can't do that. I'm, I'm a, I don't even watch scary movies. No. I'm turning on like Lifetime before I do that. I want to feel good. Me and Nicholas Sparks, let's write a new notebook. I don't care. I'm not messing with that stuff. I don't mess. Fear, terror, but let's, let's, let's fully define reverence and respect. The utmost respect for God and his abilities is what we're talking about with this awe. See, as God shows up in typical situations, in atypical ways, when he does extraordinary things versus ordinary things, what does it do to people? It puts them in awe. They're like, what? Even when we tell folks the story of this, our church and what he's done in our lives, 
people are just like, what? That had to be God. I know you. That couldn't have been you. Oh, that had to be God. Because they're set at, set at or in awe of who God is. The level and the, the, the respect goes up in such a way. So how does this happen? When we see these wonders in our lives, these wonders, these extraordinary things happen. When we see these signs that point to God. So what does that mean? Let's just keep it simple, right? You're walking up and down High Street. The Holy Spirit leads you to say, hey, talk to that person. You start talking to that person. That person says, man, this is what I'm struggling with today. Can I pray with you? You just simply, you just go over. You say, hi, Anthony, what are you struggling? You're struggling with not being tan right now because you haven't been to Florida. But something real. We don't have to hold hands and stuff because then it just gets awkward. It's like, can we hold hands here in public? Dear Jesus! No. God, I just pray that you touch Anthony's life. You know, he's struggling right now with financial woes. God, we know that you own a cattle on a thousand. Don't say that. They don't know what you're talking about. Lord, we know that you are able. So we just pray today, God. We agree today that you would come through in a major way in Anthony's life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And then all of a sudden, you got to smack him. No, but then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Anthony comes back. Dude, you won't believe it. A miracle happened. I got a new job. Someone's let me live here for free. College students, can I get an amen? Someone's let me live here for free. <laughs> old, old us mar married people with a mortgage gonna get an amen, okay? <laughs> but when these wonders and these signs, it, it just points people to the goodness of God and it puts them in a state of awe because God is able to do these things. Praying for somebody to be healed. I love stories like that one I heard one time of a kid praying for their teacher who had cancer and she was healed. Boo-yah. That's exciting. All that does is point to the ability of God. And what he wants to do is he builds his church. He wants to enable you as you are led by his spirit to go and talk to someone, listen to them, pray with them, and walk with them. Miraculous power. Third is this, moving forward with humbled charity. Moving forward with humbled charity. Acts 2, 44 through 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Together. Together. Someone asked you, are you dating her? Yeah, we're together. That's when they would ask me about Kara, and they're like, really? Wow. They were in awe. It was a miracle. <laughs> Together. Don't you wish, seriously, in your mind's eye, that we could walk outside these doors and just be together with people? Don't you wish you could go into your workplace and just be together with people? You're like, dude, you don't, you've lost me at this whole together thing. What does this, this is the ideal of humanity coming to the same place. It's impossible, I know, I feel the same way. But can you imagine, even if we can as the church come together? You're like, come together. I know, was anybody else saying it with me? Right now. You missed it, Matt. You failed me. We're not together. The true ideal of human society, togetherness. A society not founded on self-interest or competition, rather Charity, 
toward one another. Can you imagine what that would look like? And this is what just, just boggles me when we really define this scripture. When you look at in common, a shared humility, a shared humility because of what Jesus did for us equally, we are just common folk together. We all are, have been, will be sinners saved by grace. That is our common bond. That is our common unity. That's what keeps us humble. Nobody is better than anybody else. You don't put on your, you don't get like a little mark on there, like 25 years saved. Got it. <laughs> Someone like two minutes saved. You both die at the same time. Guess who's going to heaven? Both of you. Zinga, you know. Congratulations. What makes us the same? What brings us together is this understanding that we have all been saved by what Christ did on the cross and his resurrection. That we all have the opportunity to have his spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living within us that brings us together, that makes us a common folk. I know it's scary to think if it, well, if it could happen, but if it would happen out there, but it can happen in here. At least it can happen in here. Selling literal possessions. Can you imagine? The way that we got to this place, meaning Morgantown, West Virginia, someone sold a possession, a home, and said, Justin and Kara, we want to invest in your future ministry. Here's a large sum of money. Go and plant the church. Listen, y'all, we were like a month from leaving. We knew we were supposed to go. I was in all of what God was doing already, but in that moment, a miracle happened that put us in absolute awe of God because he made a way so that we could come. Some of those startup costs and all those cables we were tearing out of the ceiling the other day from the old foundry was a part of that seed of blessing that they sowed into our lives in that moment that made it possible for us. They shared even of their possessions so that the gospel could go to Morgantown. We showed up with just the, the Myers Five. And then here comes Rob and Christy later without his big beard. So beautiful now. If you've ever seen it, it's... I have beard envy. And God began to send everybody right along the way. But someone was willing, and this is crazy, to give of their possessions, even their goods, substance, right? The existence, what we get from our jobs and all of these things. And they shared, which means they distributed and divided into parts to those that were in need. One of the things we've been able to do as a church was to inherit an opportunity to feed this community with circle of friends. Man, no kid should ever go hungry. Come on. No kid should ever go hungry. No child should show up. Some of them don't even eat on weekends, and if we didn't feed them in other churches in this community, they would not eat on the weekends. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I'm willing to sell possessions and goods so that that kid can eat. I can obviously go without a couple meals and my family too so that someone else who is in need can be fed. And that's just one way we're gonna impact this community. We have to be willing to cash it in, okay? We have, you know that, to move here and a lot of other folks have too, to be willing to cash it in so that we can go all in and help those in need. It's important. It's essential. We also move forward with unified grace. 
unified grace. Every day, Acts 40, excuse me, Acts 2, 46 through 47, the first part. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. This every day, this denotes a with one accord. You see other translations of scripture say with one accord. And it's not a Honda Accord that everybody rides in. It's not one accord that you're like, okay, I got the keys, let's go. No, 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 totally different. With one accord, this is so different because it is the understanding of one-mindedness, one desire, one passion. That's what unity looks like is when we're all on the same page. Unity looks like when we're all on the same page and moving in the same direction. That if we're a wheel on the side of that train, we're gonna make sure that we're greased up and ready to rock and roll. Because we don't wanna hold anything up. We're looking within our lives and we say, God, is there some way that I'm causing disunity within my heart or mind? I'll do what I can to make it right so that I can help to unify this body even more. Unified grace Unified as they continued to meet, this persistency to keep showing up. Again, those wares on the carpet, so important to me. I, I, I want to keep it exposed. It was covered with a rug when we got here. Because it shows that people walked through those doors day after day, week after week, year after year, and kept showing up. Sadly, as the church dwindled in size, the few, the proud, those that were left behind kept showing up. Tired, beaten, weary from life, they kept showing up. They were persistent. That's what we're standing upon today, the persistency of those who paved the way before us. They kept showing up. They kept showing up. Why? Because they believed this was a place of the gospel where the good news could flow out those doors, just like we've dreamed as well. They kept showing up, one mind, one accord, making sure in this temple, this whole building, God has blessed us with so much space that we can do so many things in here, and you're gonna make it happen. We've got dreams. We wanna bring Celebrate Recovery here. We wanna bring Celebrate Recovery. Why do we wanna do that? Because everybody has hurts, everybody has hangups, everybody has things that they need to work through to be in recovery, to be healed, to be whole. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But we believe that we are sitting upon a gold mine of opportunity to impact this community. And every single one of you are gonna take part in that in one way or another. They got together, they ate, they broke bread, with gladness was with an exuberant and great joy. Exuberant and great joy. When's the last time you showed up somewhere and you were that excited to serve? I was so blessed over these last few weeks as people showed up, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? Our First Baptist family, as you look around, you know they did a lot, didn't they? You're like, wow, because they did. You showed up, you were glad, and you were sincere to serve as many before us have done. This sincerity is just with simplicity. You just mean it, Out of just simple sincerity. I'll do what needs to be done, it doesn't have to be complicated because it's of the right heart, the mind, character, the intention of everybody in here, it's the center of who we are, the same heart moving forward together. 
And then we see that we get to enjoy the favor with this. What is this favor? This is the grace through Jesus. This is gratitude. And the last thing we do as we are moving forward, and this is so important, is that we move forward with complete restoration. Matt, if you and your team could start making your way up. We move forward with complete restoration. As I started and wanted you to get so clearly the second part of verse 47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added daily to their number those that were being saved. The Lord added daily to their number those that were being saved. See, Jesus said some crazy things like you were gonna do greater things as someone who was having Christ living within them and their spirit, his spirit as well. That you were gonna do greater things and, and that through your life, every day people will be led to Christ. Every day in your life you would see people that would be saved and you would see these seats beginning to fill even more that you would see the opportunity in your life every single day for someone to come to the saving knowledge of who Christ Jesus is and what he did every single day. How many just feel like some days you don't want to do anything? I get that, man. I have two hands. That's like every day, twice a day. <laughs> in the morning and in the evening, I don't want to do anything. But we can't stop. We can't stop because every day somebody is to be added to this number of those being saved. Every day, what does it mean to be saved? Don't you think that's a pretty generic church term? You've been saved? Yes, I've been saved. Healed, cleansed by the blood of the lamb, hallelujah. June 17th, 1946, got straps to prove it, remember? What does it mean to be saved? Save, heal, Persevere, rescue, to deliver out of danger and into safety. Rescuing believers from the penalty and the power of sin. That's what it means to be saved. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had the pleasure to start new connect groups. And one of those pleasures is to meet new people and hear new stories. One of those stories I've been able to, to hear I uh, wasn't there at that moment, but Kara told me about it and our whole small group got to share together in it, was about Brian Hunley. And Brian is, a, is a, 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 not a, a member, but a partner with our church. And what's so great about his story is the radical salvation of Jesus Christ in his life. In a crazy spot, addicted to drugs for almost two decades, okay? He believed in the power and prayer power of prayer, okay, and also the opportunity that he had while he was in a really tough spot of his life that he can share with you more later to, to begin to fast and pray. And he believed that God could save him, that God could restore him, that God could heal him of this addiction. And he went on to tell our group that at the end of those seven days of prayer and fasting, that addiction that was on his life for 17 years was broken in a moment, in a moment, guys, people need to be saved. Every day when I'm outside, I talk to somebody here because I wanna get to know our, our community more. And a lot of those folks that I talk to most, when they walk up to me, you can tell that there's some addictions happening by the smell, 
okay? Or some other things that are happening as well. And I'm believing, I'm believing like Brian did, that in a moment they can be saved, that they can be completely restored and brought back to health through Jesus, but also through you talking with them. I can't be everywhere, but we can. I don't work at your job. I wouldn't mind to get paid from it, but I don't, I don't work at your job. I don't sit in your classes, but I'd love to have more education. I'm not in your home. I don't want any more kids. <laughs> but you are. And you have an opportunity to lead people to the one who can save them. Completely restore them. Bring them back to life like Jesus came back. They can live again. So what do we do with this? We lean into the great I am in this moment. We've seen in the beginning of the Old Testament when God identifies himself as the I am, but we also see in the New Testament as Jesus did the same. And he said some I am's that I think are very important. He said some I am's that I think can really impact your life and will impact the lives of others. He starts with saying that I am the bread of life in John 6. The bread of life the one that will enable you to live and sustain, that I am the light of the world, that I'm the one that came to light the dark places of this world, that I am the light. He said that I am the door to the sheep. Nobody can get in to hurt my sheep because I'm the door and I'm a big nasty door. I'm a door that they can't get in at all because I love my sheep. He also said that I'm a good shepherd I protect my sheep. I walk with my sheep. I live with my sheep. I'm a good shepherd, he says. I'm the resurrection and the life in John 11. He says that I'm the way, the truth, and the life in John 14. And he ends with saying that I am the true vine. I am the true vine. When we are grafted into that vine of who Jesus is, we have life. Apart from him, we have nothing. Why do we fight so hard to save ourselves? How's that working for you? Remember when I was a kid, another one of those times that I forget about. I was, I think I was about 10 years old at this point. We were on vacation and I went down this slide and I couldn't swim well at that point. I went down this slide not knowing it was into the deep end. Anybody ever been there? And I just went right down. And I tried to save myself with everything in me. But thank God, a lifeguard jumped in and rescued my stupid self. Sometimes we fight even the one who's trying to save us. It's okay. You don't have to have it figured out. Trust me, I don't. You don't have to know the beginning from the end. Why? Because he does. You can't save yourself. You can marry whoever you want. You can get more education. You can make more money. You can have a bigger house. You can have a nicer car. And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But that won't save you. That's just possessions. Remember, we're trying to get rid of that stuff if we have to to help those in need. Only he can save you. 
So I want to challenge you this morning. Not to doubt your salvation if you're already saved. You may just be in a tough spot, okay? You know how that goes sometimes. You get to church and the pastor's like, are you saved? And you're like, no, oh God, no. Do it again, Lord. No. But are you walking in the right place and space and pace with him this morning? Maybe that's where you need to start. Or maybe, maybe you need him to rescue you. Maybe you need him to throw the life preserver. Maybe you need him to jump in and get you out altogether. But it's so important that we understand who the one is living in us before we can share him with someone outside. We have to move forward, and it's not easy. But when we're saved, we're in him, and he's in us, and he's with us, and he's moving with us. Promises to never leave us nor forsake us, to help us to interpret every season as we're in it, and understand what he's doing. He is the great I am. He will always be with you. He will always walk with you. He will always lead you and he will always guide you. You're like, but I don't feel it now. I get it. I'm there too from time to time. But I know as I look back, he's faithful. Give him an opportunity to prove his faithfulness to you. Give up. Just give up. Give it over to him and give him an opportunity to help you move forward. If it's for the first time in salvation, very first time, or maybe for the second, give him a chance so that you can move forward. Close your eyes with me this morning. And as you survey your heart and your mind, do you need to move forward in a new way with him? Maybe you need to embrace some new forgiveness in some way. Maybe you have done some things that you know have separated you from him. If so, just confess that this morning to him because he's faithful and just and will forgive you and not hold it against you, which is even greater. It's gone as far as the east is to the west. That's how much he loves you. But maybe, you know, something leapt within your heart this morning where you're like, man, this is real. I don't know what this is right now, but I feel different. I feel like what he's talking about is just, just penetrating my heart in such a new way that I've never felt this before. That's God's Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart saying, can I live inside of you? Can we do life together? He sees the future that you have with him and it is bright brightest his promises but it takes a choice it takes a choosing to come up under him to let him save you just give up it's okay you're not going to be perfect which is fine who is just give up and give in so if you want to make a decision this morning not based out of trying to coerce you into something but out of a heart and mind decision if you want to make a decision to follow him Maybe for the first time, or again, if you want him to save you, something we like to do is just simply look at each other. We lock eyes for a moment, then you can close your eyes again. Just to kind of give you some privacy in that way. So if you want to make that decision, will you agree with me this morning just by looking at me, and then you can close your eyes again. Anybody that wants to do that, maybe for the first time, okay, okay, 
anybody else? thank you for this miracle that has just happened within this room as it's popped up in many different places within this room this thing called salvation to be saved God we thank you that we know that your word is true and that we understand that we are able to be new in you that we are a new creation the old is gone and all things have become new We thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we are excited to be in you. And because of that excitement that we carry, others will be excited too. We won't forsake the gathering in this place, all throughout this place. We won't forsake the breaking of bread with our friends and coworkers. We won't forsake being led by your spirit in everything that we do. We take this as a divine opportunity, God, to reach this world for you. God, we carry a lot of hurt and a lot of frustration at times, but in this moment, it's clear as to what we're to do, to look outside of ourselves and see the world around us and bring you the way, the truth, and the life to them so that they too can be saved. God, we thank you. Lord, we love you love you so much. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Lord, we are sobered by this moment and what you're doing. God, the shot has been fired and we're off to the race. Lord, it's not going to be a hundred meter dash. No. It's not even going to be a marathon. It's gonna be a lifetime of running for you. Not from you, but to you. That Lord, we will leave this place and we will get our well done, good and faithful servant. That we will finish with the wind in our face, which means we will run to the very end and we will seek out those who do not know you and bring them to you. We'll be known as a church that is about the good news about redemption and not condemnation. No, we don't waffle in our beliefs, Lord, and in what your word says, but we will lead and guide. We will love you. We will love this community and we will create life with them. We will be like-minded. We will be one. We will be connected. We will be your church. Today, God, we proclaim that over our, because that's where you this community. Lord, the future is bright because that's where you live and that's where we're going. We thank you. Thank you for saving us. All we do is just have to believe. That's why we become believers. Thank you for saving us when we say, I believe that Jesus died for me and rose again. I believe. Even when we struggle with disbelief, we believe. We thank you, Lord.